0: This is Orson Welles on the Air, featuring the old-time radio performances of the legendary Orson Welles. Welcome back to Orson Welles on the Air. More from the lives of Harry Lyme on today's show. we will hear the ninth episode from that series, aired September 28th, 1951. It's titled Work of Art.
1: Presenting Orson Welles as The Third Man. The Lives of Harry Lyme. The fabulous stories of the immortal character, originally created in the motion picture The Third Man, with zither music by Anton Karas.
2: was the shot that killed Harry Lyme. He died in a sewer beneath Vienna. As those of you know who saw the movie The Third Man, yes, that was the end of Harry Lyme. But it was not the beginning. No. he had many lives. And I can tell you about all of them. How? Because my name is Harry Lyme. Buenos Aires, July 1944. The Argentine papers were full of the attempted assassination of Adolf Hitler. It had failed, but all of us knew that the Nazi party was doomed. Buenos Aires was full of those once high in the Nazi councils, and they brought with them money, jewelry, art, treasure...
1: Orson Welles is Harry Lyme, the third man in Work of Art.
2: Yes, there I was in Buenos Aires, just a clean-cut young American boy looking for a chance to hustle an honest buck. My friend had given me a letter to Senor Juan Fernandez, a gentleman with a handsome face, impeccable manners, and no morals. My informant had indicated that the Senor might be helpful in guiding me along my chosen path. But when I called at his art galleries, housed in a brownstone building just off the Plaza del Congreso, he refused to see me. Although there was other sources of income to be found without Senor Fernandez's help, and the bar at the Casa del Oro seemed an ideal place for a young man to start a career. Bartender, bartender. Sí, señor. Sí, señor. Dispenser to the tomorrow. I beg pardon. I don't understand much Spanish. I would make the apology for be so long. See the supply of rum behind the bar. She was finished, and I go to the staff room to bring some more. Okay, okay. Skip it. Skip it. No le entiendo, señor. What is skipping? I need to let it go. Never mind. There's no harm done. I'll have a scotch. Gracias, señor. Uh, in one of areas, we use Mozron, the speciality
1: of the Alps. She's a drink I've made myself invented. Made from four different kinds of rum that use the pineapple, the a dash of pure, uh, sprinkling uh, of uh, a sprinkling of the. Fine, I'll have a scotch and soda. Say,
3: si, senor. But you would like my speciality. from all the world. I see it is the fine. You make a mistake you know, in ordering scotch and soda with rum, Mr. Dr. Oh. Why? And your clothes you normal. You should buy clothes in the stores of Buenos Aires as soon as possible. Miss Emily Post, I presume? No, my name is Fernandez Juan Fernandez, And I do not make these suggestions for the sake of etiquette, Mr. Lyon. Only for business
2: reasons. I'm completely fascinated, señor Fernandez.
3: Please uh, continue. In our profession, we must dress as the multitude dresses. We must drink as they drink, act as they act. We must never call special attention to ourselves, but must
2: seemingly melt into the back. Yeah, but I melt so badly. I'm serious. I tell you these things for your own good. Isn't this concern for me a little sudden, old man? This morning you wouldn't even see me. Your drinks, senor. Whiskey. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much.
3: And uh, you, senor, i I'll have one of your specials, Gerardo. Uh, we'll be over the little table in the corner. But Of course, senor. It was not judicious of you to come to my art gallery, senor Lime. You see, the business that goes on in the front rooms is quite regular, uh, but there is a back room where some of the transactions are a little bit less orthodox. eh? Oh, yeah? My back room friends must not be seen coming into my establishment by my front room friends. You do understand.
2: Well, of course, of course. It's perfectly clear.
3: Lime, you come to Buenos Aires to reap some of the wealth here, huh? You are not the type to do it honestly, and that is all right with me. I will help you. But we must remain casual acquaintances who meet in bars, not business associates. You must not come to my galleries.
2: Okay, okay, old man.
3: You are not giving me your full attention. Well,
2: how could I? Did you
3: see what came through that door? The beautiful senorita with the oh. off-the-shoulder dress. You don't miss anything either, do you, old man? Not very much, I assure you, senor. We should, you know. If you and I come to terms, senor, she is the first assignment.
2: Senor Ferendez was about as communicative as a penguin. With a display of the ultimate in old-world manners, he refused to say another word about the slender, dark-eyed beauty who'd suddenly set my pulse pounding. Instead, he turned the conversation to other types of beauty, those found in paintings and sculpture. He began to test my knowledge of the arts and perhaps my conversational abilities. Apparently, my proficiency at the latter made up for any deficiencies in the former, but we soon came to terms. It wasn't until a second meeting, however, that the exact particulars of my new trade were explained by the master. We'd met accidentally at a roadside refreshment stand near the suburb of Belgrano. It is my desire that you make friends among our new
3: residents. You can gain invitations to their homes and go through their private galleries, eh? There are many such private galleries.
2: Well, that sounds interesting. Might even get a job later as a tourist guide.
3: Your job will be to guide some friends of mine to the finest, most expensive works of art in town. You must equip them with full descriptions of the galleries, the houses containing them, the personnel, the entrances, the exits.
2: Okay, okay, our souls have met, and now to that first assignment you spoke about, the senorita... Yes, uh,
3: little is known of senorita Melissa Corday. She came here a few months ago. She rented an expensive villa, and she's invited only a few close friends to see her art treasures. But according to reports, she's the owner of the most valuable painting in all of Buenos Aires, and original Rubens, worth a fortune.
2: Mm. all that and original Rubens, too. I don't know what Juan Ferrandez is worried about. What could happen to me? I I wasn't going to be doing any of the stealing. My job consisted of being charming and observant. During the next few weeks, I managed to exercise my charm on half a dozen of the local gentry. I was invited to their homes, and I made polite compliments to my hosts, extravagant ones to my hostesses. You know, it's amazing how much information you can get if you say the right things about a woman's choice of dresses or a man's choice of wines. Signor Ferendez paid me handsomely for the information, but both of us were still primarily concerned with Signorita Melissa Corday. And she proved as elusive as the olive at the bottom of a martini. However, by this time we were both members of Buenos Aires Society, and an eventual meeting was inevitable. I managed to meet her often. As a matter of fact, she found me quite irresistible.
4: I'm very sorry, Signor Lime, but I'm busy tomorrow.
2: Uh, the, the following day, then?
4: No, I'm sorry. The following day, I have an engagement.
2: The day after that, uh, signorita Corday. Uh, busy, huh? Mm-hmm. Now, there were two things driving me toward Marisa Corday. My determination that I pierce that core of cold steel and my desire to get through them. Oh, I've known women, like I've heard before. Women with cash registers where their hearts were supposed to be, but it wasn't going to defeat me. I'd have a bank balance to blind the next mercenary woman I'd met, and Melissa Corday was going to be the donor. On Saturday evening, Signorita Corday was giving a large dinner party for a visiting American diplomat. After a short study of the guest list, I chose as my target an undersecretary of the English consulate, Mr. Albert Ramsey. I studied him carefully. I learned of some of his former posts and all of his weaknesses, including that of absent-mindedness. On Saturday evening, I followed him out of his hotel.
1: Oh, oh, I shall. I I say find him. I'm sorry, cautious.
2: I was I, looking... I wasn't but... looking. Bertie. Bertie. Albert Ramsay in the flesh. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> in the flesh, as you say. <laughs> How have you been, old boy? I heard you were connected with the concerts over here, but I haven't had a chance to look you up. It is good seeing you. Well, again, just old man. Well, It's nice seeing you. Uh, <laughs> Imagine again. bumping into good huh? old Bert Ramsay right in the middle of Buenos Aires it's been a long time hasn't it Ollie? Well, i hope
1: hmm? you'll forgive me you know a frightful memory you know but i i don't seem to remember quite where it was oh you're joking of... of course
2: you remember hmm? this is the Shoreham hotel in washington oh yes, yes of course, course. how <laughs> frightfully stupid of me washington uh, yes was. uh, must have been about uh 40 1940 it was but exactly and you say you have a bad memory oh. <laughs> this is really a break bumping into you on my first free evening since i got here You've got to have dinner with me, old oh man.
1: Well, factor fact of the matter is, I have a
2: dinner engagement, charming girl. Having a bit of a party tonight, promised I'd go. Well, I'm certainly not going to say goodbye after having been lucky enough to run into you. I hate these dinner parties myself, but then... Maybe you couldn't take me along, even, even if you wanted to.
1: Oh, I dare say it'd be all right. Well, but as it, long as uh, you say it'd be all right, you're sure I wouldn't be intruding? Oh, no, 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 of course not. No, a pretty girl like that'll be delighted to have me bring a handsome young chap around. Probably only invited an old duffer like me because she needed an extra man. Well, if you're
2: positive, it's all right, all right. Oh, I do
1: have a confession to make, though. They're a rotten memory of mine, you know. I remember our meetings in Washington plain as though they occurred yesterday, but uh, your name slipped right out of my mind.
2: Can okay. <laughs> you imagine that? <laughs> well, don't apologize, that. don't apologize. It's live. Harry life. <laughs> Are you a hat, Señor. Oh, thanks, thanks. Here,
1: take my stick too. I've got a stalwart companion with me now. I won't need a stick if I'm attacked by rogues. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, Bert. That's a good one. Ah, uh, here, here comes our hostess.
4: Ah, good evening, Mister. I-
1: you look simply ravishing, my dear. Look, I want you to meet an old and very dear friend of
2: mine, uh, Mister Harry Lyme.
4: I've had the pleasure. Oh,
2: you don't say I, I, I didn't know. Oh, I'm terribly sorry, Miss. I. I didn't know Mr. Ramsey was coming here. I bumped into him. Oh, numbers. it's all my
1: fault, my dear. Harry and I met
2: accidentally, and I hadn't seen him for years. I simply
1: insisted that he come along. I suppose I was so busy chatting about old times, I didn't get round to telling him who our hostess was. I
4: see.
1: I hope you'll pardon an old offer.
4: Yes, of course,
2: Mr. Mm. Ramsey. Of course, you could call the police or have your servants throw me out. I say he's is droll, isn't he, my dear?
4: <laughs> Very. Well, come in and have a drink. The others are a little ahead of you already.
2: Oh, we'll catch up when we had it. Oh, I don't think I'll have a drink tonight. I don't want a chance dulling my senses. I understand Melissa has an art collection that's really worthwhile seeing.
4: You're interested in art? Oh. Somehow honest. I didn't think you would be. Oh, I'm very, very, very interested. Perhaps I've been wrong in my estimate of you, Mr. Lyme. I'll be happy to show you my gallery if you really think you'd enjoy it. Oh,
2: honestly, Miss Corday, nothing could fascinate me more.
1: Carson Wells returns in just a moment as the third man. Wells as the third man continues with Work of Art.
2: Dinner was an eternity of rich food and rich people. The small talk was so small it was almost non-existent. But for one thing I could be thankful. My pal Bertie Ramsey forgot me in his absorption with a moustached Ecuadorian woman. He was probably fascinated by the task of counting her chins. No mean job since she was constantly quivering with laughter. At any rate, the dinner was over in what seemed like a mere few months. And after what Mr. Ramsey probably would have called a decent interval, I persuaded Melissa Corday to take me on a cook's tour of her gallery.
4: Well, this is it.
2: Well, it's magnificent. Why, there must be a there must be a
4: fortune represented here. It means little to me now. Perhaps someday it may have value for me again.
2: Listen, maybe you don't realize what's wrong. You're lonely.
4: Uh, this first painting's quite interesting. A little known artist, Constantine Langmuir, painted it. I suppose uh, it has little intrinsic value, but I recognized the scene. A little cove on the Riviera where I used to go when I was a child. Oh, that's
2: lovely. That's a Degas over there, isn't it? Yes. And a Rubens. That that is a Rubens,
4: isn't it? Yes. When I first got it, I thought it was the answer to all my dreams. And it isn't now? (laughs) It's almost worthless. Unless
2: You can make things worthwhile again. You can learn how to dream again.
4: Please, Harry. You're hurting my hand. You're hurting my
2: heart. Unless well, I don't know what's holding you back, but sometimes when we've been hurt, we build up a wall around ourselves. I know because I've been hurt. I've been lonely. Maybe neither of us has to be lonely again.
4: No. Harry, please.
2: I didn't intend to kiss you by force. Uh,
4: I think maybe I'd better go back to my other guests. When you're ready to rejoin the others, just... Pull the door firmly it's self-locking
2: The gallery is in a separate wing of the house connected to a small sitting room with only the self-locking door between. The sitting room had a large French door that led to a small bathroom and the street was only seven or eight feet below. on the other side of the sitting room is a good door no Melissa's. The servants' quarters must be miles away it was, it was a setup and Harry Lyon wasn't going to give this setup away for any 25% of the Rubens' value. And Ferrandes take his 25%. It's going to be 75 for me. I wedged a match in the lock, and then I rejoin the gay party of the doddering diplomats.
1: Oh, Well, there you are, my boy. Did you manage to come out with a Picasso under your coat? Yeah, it wouldn't quite fit, my <laughs> dear. I think we'd all give a right teeth of some of Melissa's pleadings.
2: She has some mm. real beauties, doesn't she? Well, mm. let's say she possesses real beauty. Oh, well put, old boy, well put.
4: Have a drink, Harry.
2: <laughs> I really have to be going... Melissa, if you'll excuse oh, me. Oh, the night's young yet, Harry, the night's young. I expect a busy day tomorrow. I'm awfully sorry.
4: if you must go.
2: Please don't bother seeing me at the door, Melissa. I don't want to take you away from your other guests.
4: Well, goodbye then. Adieu. Good, Good night. night. Good Bye now, Let's go
2: you are leaving, Senor Lime? Yes, yes, I have to be going out. Oh, I will get. what you go. Oh, I, I just had a little accident. The, hmm? the button off my coat. You wouldn't have to have a needle and a thread, do you? Oh, a needle? Thread? Uh, uh, a guja-hilo.
1: Oh, a gujaillo? Oh, <laughs> si, Senor uh, Lime. Uh, Pedro has, right here in the cloak room.
2: And a pair of scissors and a sharp knife of a razor blade, something of that kind. Mm-hmm. You si, have si, one? see, si, see, understand the razor blade. Have here. See? Needle is
1: uh, blade. You want better uh, no, no, no,
2: no, 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 no. Thanks very much. I can manage. I hate to keep troubling you, but suddenly, suddenly, I seem to be very thirsty. Do you mm. think I might have a glass of water? Oh, si, yes, senor. Oh, thank you. If you could get it while I sew this on. Not, of course, senor. I should be right back. No, no, no. Take, take your time. Take, take all the time in the world. This was the one dangerous element in the whole scheme. By being seen now. I waited until the obliging Pedro was out of sight. Then I slipped down the corridor. I hoped he wouldn't start a fuss when he found me gone. The guests and the servants were all busy, thank heavens. I reached the gallery wing I slipped through the little sitting room to the room containing my Rubens. Took the little matchstick out and heard the lock click reassuring me. But just in case someone should come in, I took a position behind a heavy velvet drape. Hours later, I could hear the other guests take their departure. The servants locking windows and doors. Someone rattled the doorknob of the gallery and then went away. I heard Melissa's door open and close. But still I remained motionless. I waited until almost dawn, until the silence was thick and heavy. Stealthily, I approached the priceless painting. I took the razor and slipped the canvas neatly from the frame. I rolled it up and slipped it into the lining of my coat few hurried stitches took care of the rip I'd made for it. Held my breath as I tiptoed to the door and opened it gently across to the French door that led to the balcony. Below was the street and safety. The latch worked easily. I started to turn the handle. Oh! Oh! My... My ankle! Oh! please! My ankle? No, no, don't
4: shoot! Yeah, so we've
2: got a ladron, eh? He's on the line. Get no. to your feet. Stand up. My ankle's killing me, Pedro. Pedro, you called
1: me by name. Oh, Carlos, flash your light in his face. Uh-huh. <sighs> no.
4: Pedro, Carlos, what in the world is going on?
1: We have caught for you a burglar, señorita. A burglar. He is
4: Senor Lime. <laughs> call the no, senorita? Wait just a minute, Carlos. Harry, what is the meaning of this? What were you doing in my gallery? I wasn't
2: in the gallery. What? I could explain the whole thing very easily if we were alone. Not leave you alone with him, senorita. You don't think I'd try to harm you?
4: No, Harry, I don't. It's all right, Pedro, Carlos, wait outside.
2: We have our guns ready. You call if you need us, huh? And no funny business, senor Lyme.
4: Well, Harry?
2: Well, I did a silly thing. I guess you wouldn't talk to me earlier, and I had so much to tell you. Things I couldn't say before your other guests. Harry. So I came back to steal something. Oh, <sighs> I came back to steal a few hours alone with you. Oh, So Harry. I tried to sneak out, and <laughs> well, you know the rest.
4: Oh, you're going to make Carlos and Pedro very unhappy. They thought they'd caught the ladrón. Oh, <laughs> Oh, poor... Uh, your ankle hurts you very much.
2: Well, when you look at me like that, I... <laughs> I can't feel any pain. Oh, you'd better go back to your hotel and rest. Yes, I guess I'd better. Could I phone for a cab?
4: Oh, I send you home in my car. Pedro can take you. You're very kind,
2: Melissa. Monday morning came. With well, did the newspapers probably carrying my description? But no, there was, there was no mention of the robbery. For some reason, Melissa Corday had not reported the theft. Maybe the old lime charm had been more effective than I thought. Still, I wasn't taking any chances. I made my way most carefully to the galleries of Signor Ferenczi. And this time I insisted on seeing him. You should not
3: have forced a way in, Harry.
2: I told you I I had to see you, and you'll be happy to see me. What in the world are you doing? Just removing a little painting I happened to pick up. Look. The Rubens. That's right. Mm-hmm. Need the money for it right away, Juan. I have to get out of the country now. Obviously. I get 75% this time. Of course, I know you haven't got that much cash hanging around, but I thought you could give me as much as you have now. I have I...
3: enough to pay you what this is worth. Oh, What? This is not an original Rubens, study. But, but
2: you were the one who I told
3: me. I had never seen it when we discussed the matter. It's a good copy, a very good copy. Worth a hundred dollars,
2: perhaps. No so that's what she meant. It's it's almost worthless. I was worried about her morale. What's her game,
3: Why? Oh, I suppose a very old one insuring a fake, permitting someone to steal it, and giving him ample time to make a getaway, and then suddenly discovering the loss and reporting it to the insurance company.
2: So now the insurance detectives be after me, and for a hundred dollar copy. Oh, those insurance
3: investigators
2: are always the most relentless. And she's in the clear. If I'm caught, she didn't dream it was a copy. If I make a getaway, she's rich. It, it was all window dressing. Those servants, the house, you everything. Better leave, Harry. Pedro, he'd make a lovely witness. He even gave me the razor blade I used. I have
3: a friend. Mm. He owns a small freighter and yes. he sails in a few hours. I'll call him. The Natalie Third. It's it's more than the Puerto
2: Nuevo. Ah, uh, I'll find it. I'm I'm. Uh i awfully sorry, old man. I'm a little short of cash. Here, a hundred dollars for the Rubens copy. <laughs> I don't know what I can do with it. Uh, the skipper of
3: the freighter is a friend of mine. He will not charge you more than a uh, hundred dollars.
2: Okay, okay, well, goodbye, old man. I suppose I just encountered one of the hazards of the profession. <laughs> Thanks for the hundred. You're welcome.
4: He's gone?
3: Yes, Signorita Corday, you can come out
4: now. <sighs> I don't know how I can ever thank you. <coughs> you were my only chance. I had to come to you, Senor Ferrandez. It was a great pleasure to save your masterpiece Oh, you. that wasn't all you saved. No? If I'd called the police last night, there would have been no way of explaining the presence of an attractive man in my home at that hour. Mm-hmm. One who'd been present all evening.
3: <laughs> it would have been compromising.
4: I never could have obtained my divorce. My only reason for being in Buenos Aires would have been shattered. My months of being rude to every man who looked at me... Lest my husband's agents could misinterpret my friendships.
3: You know, I'm beginning to think I was never cut out for this business. We Spaniards are too sentimental, eh? Like Harry Lime, I might have made a fortune out of this painting. Imagine getting
4: it back for a hundred dollars.
3: But with no profit to me. All I accomplished was the saving of a woman's reputation, (laughs) a perishable commodity at best.
1: And returns in just a moment.
2: I hadn't witnessed that last scene. I reconstructed it later from a few newspaper clippings. One reported the final divorce of Melissa Corday, former wife of a Nazi munitions manufacturer. Another reported her marriage to Senor Juan Ferrendez, well-known Argentinian art dealer. And a third, which must have been released to the press in anticipation of my reading it somewhere, told how a priceless work of art had been recovered for a hundred (laughs) dollar reward. It had been a work of art, all right.
0: That's the show for today. If you want to hear more from the lives of Harry Lime, more from Orson Welles, or more old-time radio in general, just visit relicradio.com. You'll find all the shows listed right on the front page, along with a handful of episodes from each. There are, of course, plenty of others. You can use the search box or just poke around and find all kinds of stuff. There's also links there to our forum, Shoutcast Stream, Facebook page, and our donate button, Our donations make it all possible. Thank you very much to those who have donated. Thank you very much for joining me today. Talk to you again soon with another episode of Orson Welles on the Air. Orson Welles on the Air is produced by and Rebroadcast of this show without permission is strictly prohibited.